Insights on Responsible Business is a podcast about organizations building trust, security, and resilience to thrive in an era of stakeholder capitalism. Our host is Sir Rob Wainwright, who talks with business leaders and experts about their experiences in charting a new direction to what is commercial success and greater societal impact. Our special guest today is Javier Van Engelen, Chief Financial Officer of Signify, the world leader in lighting. In 2021, sales of 6.9 billion euros, approximately 37,000 employees, and a presence in over 70 countries. Signify is unlocking the extraordinary potential of light for brighter lives and a better world. Javier has held financial leadership positions at international consumer goods, retail, and pharmaceutical companies. Today, Rob and Javier will talk about Signify's sweet spot between strategy, profitability, and sustainability. Over to you, Rob. Brilliant. Thank you, Vida here. Warm welcome to you, Javier. Uh, well, it's great to speak to someone with so much business experience. We heard it in the introduction there. You've worked all over the world in multiple sectors from pharma to food, fashion to fast-moving consumer goods. And now as the CFO of the world's uh, largest lighting company, I just wonder, Javier, reflecting on that varied experience, what your experience has been over the years of this notion of purpose-led agenda in business, the challenges and the opportunities that companies face. What have you seen? Well, thank you. Thank you, Rob. Um, and it's a pleasure to, uh, to attend this session. So uh, thanks for giving the opportunity. Look, it's been indeed, as you say, it's been, uh, it's been many countries, many companies, uh, it's been long years. And if I go back to purpose-led, uh, I would say it's not, it's not really a new topic. Um, I remember 25, 30 years ago, we had this mission vision in P&G, it was improving lives. Pharmaceuticals was obviously about lives. Even in fashion, it was about making people feel good. So where I've seen the evolution over time is that um, in the past, it was, let's say, the starting base for strategy. It was a selling point, a slogan for the company. Um, there were no KPIs, it was not an investor focus. I think what's changed now over time is that now it's purpose-led, but purpose-led is linked to an agenda for the planet, uh, which means that I guess probably 20 years ago, Signify would have stood for um, brighter lights only. Now it's brighter lights, better world, because there has to be this connection between the purpose-led statement and also what's happening around us. And I think what I've seen over time is how it's changed is that the sustainable development goals of the UN have clearly given a clear orientation where we want to go to. The climate change agenda is changing, how we think about this. There's a younger generation which is coming in. So I've seen this purpose-led moving from just a statement of a vision and a mission and a purpose going now to a combination that we have to find what's nice to have but was essential to survive in the, in the world. And I think that's where purpose-led has had now or is now having a different context and a different way to think about it. So across that, that varied experience you've had, Javier, is it, is it true that, that some companies have arrived at that, that moment of realisation of, of putting purpose right at the heart of their strategy? Have, have some companies done that quicker um, uh, than, than others? Have, have you seen that, that, that sort of mixed experience along the way? It's difficult for me to compare now if I look 30 years back on where we were there across industries, but I think some industries probably have an easier way to get there because their products and services are more in tune with the planet's agenda. So I always say like Signify has got probably a bit of the benefit that the products we work with, they allow us to move faster, but it comes back to the chicken and the egg and we we'll, might come back later to that on, 
on is it really more strategy, is it more the intention of sustainability. But obviously, if you're working in pharmaceuticals, it's probably easier to think about the social part of the agenda than if you're working for an airline company. Um, so I think there's different speeds, but still it's an agenda topic which for everyone nowadays is very crucial to the business, I think. Yeah, so if I understand, Javier, what you're saying is now maybe it is much more of a of a common viewpoint across the sector. Others, you know, some have arrived more quickly than others at this this point. But are, are you seeing that now consistently hold as the, uh, the the position across different sectors? I think it is. Um, I think when we think about where we are today, um, in the past, and we go back ten years, uh, sustainability was already on the agenda. We talked about it. We started working on the sustainable development goals. We all chose what we thought was most relevant or we should have chosen what was most relevant to us. My feeling today is if we don't think shorter term, but especially mid-term about sustainability as part of a company's agenda, you will not exist anymore. Uh, you will be phased out because it will go there. And if you don't think about that right now, then perhaps not in the next five years, but the next 15, 20 years, I don't think you'll be a player anymore. Yes, Javier, I think you make a very good point, actually. One I've heard from you know, many of my guests on, on this show, this is about companies having a stronger commitment to saving the planet, as you, as, as you put it. But it's not just about that. It's also about the sustainability of their own business. Um, it's not just about making sure that we can contribute in a way that helps to protect the future of the world that we live in, it's about also the very important practical here and now of making sure that we will have a sustainable business for ourselves in the future, in, in 10 years or even five years time. Uh, it's about that as well. And companies have realized that I think now in a way, perhaps in an enforceful way that we haven't seen before. Just, just turning to Signify, um, it seems as if you, your company, has found this to be uh, easier, perhaps better, more successful uh, in in this respects. Uh, you talk about um, brighter lights, better world, a uh, very captivating slogan. I, I think that 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 says it all here. In what way has Signify, you know, made this journey? Maybe made the transition in in a quicker, more successful way than others. Look, if I, if I looked at it a bit broader uh, than Signify, I'll come back to Signify in a second. If I now look back in the last, let's say, 10, 15 years, when you come to a level of the organization where you're supposed to take key decisions going forward, right? Um, then if I look back, I've worked in, in pharmaceuticals, I've worked in, in food retailing, in fashion. And I could go back on my own career, think like I could have taken bolder decisions or I could have helped take bolder decisions. Look, when you're looking in, when you're working in pharmacy, uh, when you're looking in, uh, working in retail and fashion, obviously the drive for sustainability, throwaway recycling, um, I guess I was also in a position to think like, well, there's always the financial KPIs. And perhaps one of the biggest impediments on progress is perhaps people like myself, CFOs who work with spreadsheets and KPIs. And sometimes you're a little bit caught between the investors and the profitability in the cash short term versus what you kind of know is not exactly the best way of running a business. And if I look at my own opportunities where perhaps I should have been more bold to take those steps is to say like, no, the world will change and have a belief that perhaps short term take a bit of pain, but it's the right direction to go. Same thing when I was working on food retailing, when you think about sustainability of agriculture and a more sustainable food supply chain, 
I think it does take bold decisions because it's decisions that have an impact in 15 years from now, 10 years from now, perhaps not immediately tomorrow. And being a CFO, and that's perhaps where we also have to change a bit our mindset, is it's not all translatable in a spreadsheet which predicts next three years' earnings. And that's a difficult choice. I think you put your finger on it there, Javier. It is about bold leadership and maybe not giving yourself and your company enough credit because not all companies um, you know, take the plunge to, to show the kind of bold leadership to make that important, important steps change. It, it is um, all, all about leadership. Um, is that what you reflect on here, that, that there were some decisive moments, decisive points of decision that you as a chief financial officer that the, uh, the signifies the company took uh, to change the game, change the narrative, change the mindset? Is that what you saw? Look, I think it was still a different mindset. Um, and if I would dial back the clock or if I could repeat that, I think I would say there's, as an advice to myself and, and other colleagues is, we've got two hats, a CFO hat and a business leader hat. And in this decision on sustainability, it's how do we take the business leader hat and how as a CFO can we make it possible instead of the other way around. The other way around is like, I have my financial framework, the investors, and therefore, I play that role more. And I think nowadays when, when we think about sustainability and signify is a good example for that is it's more thinking like, how can I educate other people that an ROI, return on investment, is not just about energy savings, it's employee well-being. How do you calculate employee well-being? How do you look at welfare? How, can we find a way to incorporate those elements in our financial modeling? And so perhaps as CFOs, we can also help to create models that value sustainability in a different way than just short-term KPIs. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a model um, of a different kind of CFO, maybe, uh, as that, that we're seeing now emerging, one that has all of the responsibilities it's always had, but a CFO now that, that has a broader reach and an even bigger influence on, on, on the company, being part of the transformative culture and experience uh, of, of, of a company to drive this agenda as well. Uh, but just bringing back us to, to Signify, just talk us through, Javier, I'm very interested to hear about the steps that you've taken, the opportunities that you've found at Signify uh, to make this happen. Yeah, so the, the story at Signify is interesting because, um, and credit to all my predecessors, because I've only been there two years, so I'm not going to take credit for that, but it started already about probably more 10 years ago, and it was really the conviction, I think, of the leadership then, especially the CEO then, that sustainability was important. Um, you come back to the question of the chicken and the egg, of course, traditional lighting was going to LED, which was an opportunity by itself, but already then, uh, the sustainability agenda was being played. And when you then go into innovation and you try to bring new products and you keep that sustainability agenda on the table, you start doing innovation and so with a bit of a different mindset. So I think what's happened with Signify is over the years, we've gone from conventional lighting to LED lighting, which by itself was an energy saving. But whenever we've developed new products, it was always with the idea of how can we have better energy efficiency. Now, you're right, it's also about longer burning hours, longer burning hours and the lamps last longer, which is a commercial opportunity. But the sweet spot that Signify has been able to find is that all the products we're selling, whether it's lamps or whether it's other lighting solutions, they all have a common denominator. It, is, it will also save energy or it will link back to some other sustainable development goals. And I think that as a mindset 
is important on what you spend your money on and where does research and innovation orient you to. And I think that's, I think, what uh, helped signify in the last 10 years to take that leadership position. It's having this link between, as we said before, it's not just about brighter lights and, and brighter lives. It's a better world. And how to find that connection has been very important. Uh, it's been important that we have really the link to the sustainable development goals, linking to some of those, not all of them, but choosing the ones that you can really impact. So fewer is better than a lot has helped, I think, to focus the organization. And then, as we mentioned before, having KPIs to track. We all know that once you've got the KPI in place and you track them, it drives more discipline, follow-up, and we've been pretty religious at following that. So I think it's been the right time for Signify to drive the agenda. We happen to have the right portfolio of products, so it's also a little bit linked to what the company was doing. But the resolve of the leader of the organization or the leadership of the organization to drive it continuously in that agenda, to embed it in the bonuses, to embed it in the long-term incentive plans, that creates the whole culture around it, which I think is what makes it successful. So pretty clear, Javier, uh, how Signify found the sweet spot, as you put it, uh, in this case, between you know doing something, changing the way that, that, that you produce and sell your products um, in a way that clearly is having an impact on society, on the, uh, delivering on the sustainability agenda, but at the same time delivering on your bottom line, so being commercially successful uh, as well. So I suppose it was pretty obvious maybe what, what your strategy should be here. It's back to the chicken and the egg. I think it was probably easier because you are in a sector where technology allows you to look at, uh, to look at energy efficiency. Um, but sustainability goes more than energy efficiency, right? And ESG is also social, governmental. So it's the whole package that you bring there. And if you think about some of our products now, it's not just about energy efficiency. It's about well-being, UVC, right? If you now have UVC lamps that come back to COVID crisis, um, when we had the technology, we've opened up the technology to any company to use the lamps and the technology we had. So it's, it's, it's playing both sides. The commercial side is important, but I think you build your reputation on doing the right thing and then opening up IP to other people to use technology and to use those lamps for their own applications, as an example. We work a lot on products now which are also improving the quality of people being in the office, uh, the quality of light. Um, which is a better working environment uh, that we can prove it's more efficient. It's not what you can translate in energy efficiency, but we have examples where we have put connected lighting in place and we decrease the crime rate uh, in certain parts of New York because when the lights are connected and they're sensed when people are there and they brighten up when people are there, crime rates go down. So how do you factor that all in? And as you develop new products, uh, how do you also work not only on energy efficiency, but on people safety, security, health and well-being, which are uh, food safety. These are kind of the six SDGs we have chosen. Only one of them is energy efficiency. There's other ones which are as important to keep in mind as we use this spectrum of light to bring new products to the market. Yes, and I suppose, you know, being the world's largest lighting manufacturer, you know, you, you have a lot of influence and opportunity to impact on all those goals. Uh, that you mentioned that, that, that are important for society. Yes, and the way that you described it, Javier, you know, finding that sweet spot between being impactful in society, but also being successful uh, in terms of your commercial goals, 
um, you know, sums it up really well. And I've heard you also describe it, you know, the strategic decision that you faced at the time for, for Signify, given your circumstances and the opportunities you had. It was as simple as changing a light bulb, as you put it. Um, can, I, can I just ask, though, you know, which, which came first? You talk about chicken and egg. Um, you know, you, you found commercial success, this happy alliance between that, but also, you know, delivering for society in a better, stronger way. Which came first, if, if we're really honest about it? Which, which, how was that strategy driven by which of those two very important constituents? Difficult question. Um, I, look, I would love to say it was uh, it was society before uh, commerce, but I'm I'm not sure I can make that statement like that because we go back ten years in time. Uh, the evolution of the lighting industry was getting more technology embedded. Um, I think it's probably been the commercial drive was there on what technology can do, but I think very early on the societal and the environmental angle. Uh, took an important space, probably much before some other players in the industry had it on the agenda. Um, so I don't think I can univocally say like, no, it was all driven by societal. I don't think that would be fair. No, no, and I think I think it's an unfair question for me in many in many ways um, because it's a false choice, as as you kind of imply uh, that we that it's not about choosing between commercial success and being impactful on society. The whole point, the whole narrative, the whole concept behind res responsible business is that uh, it's becoming ever more clear that there are opportunities for all businesses to define that alliance between the two. Um, so, um, you know, that's, that, that, that is the opportunity um, that, that, that cap captures the, the whole point here. Yeah, and look, Javier, and you've made clear that in, in, in other sectors, other parts of the industry, maybe you know, the strategic choice to find that sweet spot isn't so obvious um, that companies have to work harder, look harder to, to, to find that. Um, it's been easier for Signify. It'll be a lot more challenging elsewhere. And, and to the CFOs and other business leaders of, of those companies in, in that position, what's your message to them in terms of why this is still important to, to really search for that opportunity uh, to deliver in, in this way? It's it's a it's a tough one um, because again, as I said, we are a little bit in the sweet spot, and not everyone is in the same place. But there's, I think, two or three for me important topics. Uh, number one, it's making sure that leadership, but throughout the total organization, people are convinced that nowadays it's not anymore commercial before society. Today, society is commercial, is survival. If if you're not convinced of that, it's going to be difficult to get the culture. It's a typical not. Or it's and, we always talk about it, it's, it's economy and society and you have to find somewhere where to bring them together and it cannot be perhaps done all at once, but you have to do it step by step. So when I look at the difficult choices, what I normally look at is make sure as, an in, as a company you're clear where you want to go. Can you play a role within the industry? Because if you're the lone charger on, on your own and the industry is not there, it doesn't work because then it doesn't work short term and it's difficult long term. But then how can you get the regulator together with you? Because in many industries, we can go a certain path, but if it's not regulated, then people have to move at the same space or you get other countries or sectors which can undermine you, then of course that's going to be difficult. So you have to work on the total ecosystem, uh, both internally and externally. And then like I think we've partially done it, First of all, don't be discouraged if you just have to go step by step. It doesn't work with a big bang. You have to choose your sustainable development goals, choose one or three battling areas, 
and go step by step, right? Just like changing one lamp at a time. Um, and you have to join hands with other people for sure. Yeah, and it's a good point that you make, and it's one that you mentioned earlier about the role of, of the chief financial officer. And maybe, you know, what we're seeing is an opportunity for the CFO to become, you know, the new champion, the, the, the leader maybe of, of this drive across business to move to a more purpose-led agenda. Um, is that how you see it? Is that how you'd like to encourage a community of CFOs to see it? Look, I'm, I'm not sure the CFO is, is the key person. I think the CFO plays a key role. And as I mentioned before, um, I see it on the business day to day. We have, I think we have Signify have some great solutions, uh, but it comes typically in the kind of in the CapEx area. And when it's a CapEx budget, it goes to the desk of the CFO and the Excel spreads come back up. So when you talk about, you talk about the CFO, we talked some time ago, CFO 1.0, then there was a CFO 2.0, which was more digital. I've been talking about now a CFO 2.G, green, right? What mentality change can we drive as CFOs to make the economic equation makes more easy? I think that's where we can play a key role as CFO. Now, secondly, still as a CFO, you're part of a leadership team. And then you have to put your CFO umbrella away and say, like, look, as a leader, to protect 37,000 employees for the future. That's also responsibility I have. And if I do things which I think undermine the company longer term, I'm turning my back on 37,000 people and their families, everything else. That's also responsibility we have. And that's why I think you bring them together. Yeah, well, that's pretty clear, Javier, what you said. Companies should be looking at taking that leap of faith, maybe to move to a more uh, purpose-led agenda, to not be deterred. Uh, perhaps by not finding the opportunity immediately, by also being realistic, taking it maybe by a step-by-step approach. And you've also talked about the transformative role that uh, a modern CFO can take. So, well, thank you. I want to, you know, thank you, Javier, for the wisdoms and insights you've shared with us today. From the vast business uh, experience that you've had, it's been uh, a real insight into into this world and the opportunities that we have. It's, and, and a real pleasure talking to you. Thanks again, Javier. Thank you for the opportunity and good luck. It's as simple as changing a light bulb. That's how Javier van Engelen describes the motivation and strategy behind Signify's transition to a more purpose-led agenda over the last eight years. Javier is being modest about how the world's largest lighting manufacturers found success in switching to new product lines. But it's certainly true that discovering that sweet spot of integration between commercial success and social responsibility has been more possible in this sector than in many others. For leaders elsewhere, less obvious, more difficult choices have to be made. Pressures on delivering short-term shareholder returns remain alive and well. Different leaders follow different paths as a result with considerably different commitments to the notion of purpose-led responsible business. Javier has seen plenty of those variances across the multiple sectors and countries his career has taken in. But his core learning from that experience echoes a now steadily emerging consensus in industry that there is only one route to establishing a more sustainable, successful business in the future, putting purpose at the heart of your strategy, becoming a more responsible business. Thank you for listening to another episode of Insights on Responsible Business. 
We hope you enjoyed it and will tune into our next episode. Please review us on Spotify, the iTunes podcast app or whatever popular podcast app you're using and find out more on Deloitte.nl. See you next time.